it's time for Love Talk with Evelyn Van Davison. We love talking today with their special guest, Pastor Steve Washburn, about how God is good. Thank you, Gavin. This is Evelyn Davison, and I want to uh, tell you it's a beautiful day in the, in the land of the living and the loving in Austin, Texas. And with me in the studio today is Mr. Debbie. Howdy. It's so good to be here, you know, like Minnie Pearl. Oh, come on. I was I was wondering what you was gonna, how you were going to greet our friends today. This is a very special day, isn't it? What is it special about? Well, that you're here with us today. Oh, and the, and the yeah, other love ladies are all special. Yeah, playing ball and doing other things. So. Yeah, it's a, there'll be a chance to rest from delivering the paper. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This has been a week, week of delivering papers. Yeah. What, do you, what do we mean when we say paper? Uh, good News Journal. Uh, 24 and a half years worth. Mm-hmm. Well, almost 25. We started in January, February. Thanks. Okay. And you do what with that? I deliver most of them, mm-hmm. uh, lots of papers, lots all of over from from Burnett to um, uh, Brenham and from Georgetown to San Marcos, mm-hmm. and uh, there's lots of papers. I, I have a little bit of help, but uh, most of them I, I deliver. Yeah, and we the biggest help is with whom? Um, well, I have a couple down at uh, Bastrop. Uh, they kind of run neck and neck with um, our friend uh, Daryl Birdwell from First Baptist Church that delivers uh, Hutto, Georgetown, Taylor, Pflugerville, uh, Round Rock. and uh, What's the biggie, uh, though? I'm sorry? What is the biggie? The biggie? Yeah, the biggie distribution. H- oh, the biggie is H-E-B's. Um, we, we put out, um, uh, H-E-B has a free rack, and um, they contract with an outfit uh, called Distributech, and uh, uh, Distributech takes the papers from a warehouse where I deliver a whole load, mm-hmm. uh, pick up load, um, every time, and uh, they deliver them on Mondays and Fridays to 40 HEB stores. Mm-hmm. So that's been one of the best things that's happened to us in the last few years with the paper is because uh, people know they can go to an HEB store. If they're out, well, they can go back in a few days, and they're going to be there. How many How many do you put through them? Uh, 14,000. 14,000 papers. Right. What's our total? Circulation. Our circulation is 72,000. Well, that's good, isn't it? Well, this is fall, and, uh, you know, the sunshine of his love is shining brightly before us. We're getting ready to go to Tulsa and on to um, Rogers, Arkansas. What are we going for? Well, we're going up there to a National Day of Prayer conference that we go to every year, and normally they have it in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And uh, this year they're having it at Ronnie Floyd's home church uh, in Rogers, Arkansas. And uh, I have prayed ever since I found out that that's where we're going uh, for the people that are coming there and going then going home because I'm praying that they'll be safe. Those mm-hmm. roads up through there are horrible. Oh, really? And if it's raining... 
they're really something. Well, we, you're, ca- we you're drove, covering all the details then up there. Yeah, we drove up there one time and uh, to uh, Branson. Uh-huh. And, uh, boy, that was the last time I said I'd drive there. Yeah. Um, but we're going to drive from Tulsa. We're going to visit with Christine, our granddaughter, and her new twins. And then uh, uh, Crossland, their three-year-old. And for a couple of days, and then we're going to Rogers for two days for the conference, and mm-hmm. then we're going to Branson for three days for a little bit of fun. And we're going to see what? Uh, we're going to see Samson, for one thing. That's what I'm looking forward to uh-huh. at the Sight and Sound uh, Theater. Yeah. Uh, we usually try to go to whatever's playing at the Sight and Sound, and that just happened to be the one they're playing right now. And uh, fabulous productions. Well, you know, we um, we're starting our thirty-fifth uh, year with on the radio with Left Hawk, right? And uh, we had an opportunity at that time with Dr. Buddy Hicks to had a noontime program of Christian news in Austin, Texas. You think back about thirty-five years ago, what life was like in Austin, and how it's changed today, and how the focus from you know, just one, well, it was actually another Christian station, but it was all music. What has happened through the years in radio is we have participated in that 35 years. Mm-hmm. Is that a striking thing? Well, not only that, there was about uh, five, three to five years, somewhere like that, that we also did uh, television. Yeah, that's true. Through I had forgotten Austin, that. Austin, whatever they yeah, call it. Community. Yeah, community. Community. Yeah. And then we picked up with um, mm, Quotient One. We're still doing a little bit of that nationally with with um, with some interviews that we did. And one of those we did with Frank from our church who was in World War II and another with right. our pastor, Dr. Steve Washburn. We did that a couple of times. So we're pretty well established in media, would you say? Yep. Yeah. And... Um, People, uh, you know, it's amazing how many people uh, speak to us and act like they know us that I couldn't tell you who they are to save my life. But uh, um, we've met a lot of folks in 49 years in Austin. Yeah. Well, one of our biggest ministries, and we're going to be talking today about what it takes to have a ministry. And the first thing that is required is worship. And the second thing is the word. And then the third thing is to get out there and work at it. Mm-hmm. Because the Ten Commandments give us direction, we are lost in the field of wondering what we're supposed to be doing. And the fact that Jesus Christ came and he said, he gave us the reason he came, I have come that you might have life. That you might have life. And when we when we began the the Love Talk program in the Austin area, it was because we had prayed and God had led us to that. And when we finally had to give them the deadline as to whether we would participate because we'd help raise the money, we worked through the Austin Christian Counseling Association and several other agencies to see what it, what the real dynamics of it would be. Um, they asked us to do a program. And to do an interview program. And so that's when Love Talk was born. And um, 
it has prospered through the years. I think we've been in seven radio stations, and we're still here talking, love talking about Jesus. And we're going to do that today with two of our very special friends, Dr. Steve Washburn, who is the pastor of First Baptist Church in Pflugerville, which is our church. Um, Tell us a little bit about Dr. Steve. Steve has been at uh, uh, First Baptist Church Pflugerville for 28 years. And uh, he's got two grown sons and some precious grandchildren. And uh, he's the author of a book called Salt um, with a study guide. And he's a co-author with you and uh, several others on praying and praising across Texas and also praying praising and praying across America. And uh, we're glad to have you with us, Steve. Welcome, Dr. Steve. Glad to be here. Thank you. That's a long introduction today, but we're we're celebrating. And, you know, it's not often that we have an opportunity to do that with you. And uh, uh, we're just so thrilled that uh, you can take time to be with us today. Well, always glad to be here. You are a, you are a delight. Not not so much your husband, but you're you're a delight. <laughs> Thanks, okay. Steve. You're, you're very welcome. <laughs> That's Van, okay. Van's a dear friend. Happy to be here with both of you. Well, Van has the vote. He has the radio voice. I have to. He does. He does. Uh, my speech is limited. I, you know, was a, a child that didn't really talk till I was in the third grade. I had a speech impediment. Still have a little bit of problem with that. In the last couple of years, because of um, uh, a physical condition, I have fainted two or three times, and I have some uh, collision knots on my head. So that I, sometimes I slur my speech, but that doesn't slow us down. Our hearts in this ministry, and if I make a boo-boo, Van fixes it, or, or Gavin does, or somebody does. She didn't. Uh, she didn't talk hardly as she started school when she when they gave her that. Uh Smallpox vaccination. Uh, they they did it with a phonograph needle. Oh. I've been talking ever since. <laughs> well, we have someone else uh, visiting with us today, Van. Yeah, we got uh, uh, Daniel uh, with us today. Our our uh, worship minister at our church at uh, First Baptist Church, Fligerville. And Daniel has been there twenty three years. Is that right, Daniel? The lower twenty three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he's a native Texan. He was born in San Antonio, Texas, uh, attended high school in Austin, and graduated from Southwest Texas State University with a degree in music. Daniel also attended Southwestern Baptist Theological, boy, that's a mouthful. <laughs> Seminary. Washed my mouth out this morning. I can't do a thing with it. Um, Baptist uh, Seminary in Fort Worth. And um, he served in numerous churches in uh, Texas and Oklahoma. And uh, we were talking about that a few minutes ago, how how he got to First Baptist and said Steve came and got him. That's so, right. Anyway, we're... Did you handcuff him, Steve? No, he's too big to handcuff. I, just... <laughs> I was happy to return back to Central Texas. Well, you were born in, in San Antonio, right? Yes, ma'am. And you made it to Austin, what, as fast as you could? Yeah, we moved here in about 67. Mm-hmm. I was about 10. Yeah. And uh, went to, finished up all the elementary, middle school, and high school stuff. Yeah. So, well, we... Um, Daniel, Daniel's got uh, a beautiful wife, Sandy. And uh, I knew Sandy a long time before I knew uh, uh, Daniel. Um, she was uh, worked at a bank... 
American uh, Bank. And where a real good friend of ours worked. And uh, then uh, their boss, I was in um, uh, Sales and Marketing International, uh, a, a national club and here in Austin. It was big at that time. Well, anyway, their boss would, was big in that club. Is that right? And uh, and then Betty Young, of course, yeah, uh, uh, she was there sang for a long wedding, time yeah. and mm-hmm. a wonderful person. Did you sing with Betty? No, I sang at her wedding. Oh, you sang at her wedding? Yeah. yeah. Oh. I... With George? Yeah. yeah, anyway. Yeah, so. Well, you know, it's it's always exciting to look at yesterday and see what God's planted and and where um, the fruit comes from. We're going to be doing that today as we talk about two th- two things, basically. Number one is that we come to worship before we do anything. You, We worship before we work. And the worship brings us to the Word, and the Word tells us where to go in our love field. So let's take a break and hear some, from some of our good sponsors, and we'll be back with Love Talk right after this. Welcome back to Love Talk. This is Evelyn, and Mr. Davison is sitting in today. Mm-hmm. You want to introduce our guests again? Uh, yeah, we got uh, Steve Washburn with us, and uh, he's our pastor at First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. We're kind of working uh, double time on on people from Pflugerville. In the well, last we've been developing weeks. a, a, but a we story. We got some great people out there, and yeah. uh, we, we got to tell people about them and uh, yeah. get people to come looking for them. And, yeah. See him, see him operating. Yeah. Uh, and then we got our, our music director with us, Daniel, and Daniel just uh, does a great job out there. And yeah. so uh, we want him to come. And later on, we're going to talk about our our different service that we have. Out okay, there. sounds great. Well, let's talk about Pflugerville. Last week we did that a little bit with uh, uh, with part of the staff. And uh, Steve, you've been there uh, long enough to see it totally flip. Give us a picture of what it was like when you came and what it's like today. I came in October of 1990, so it's been 28 years this month that I came. And it was it was really just a small town. It started out, Pflugerville started out as just a small town north of Austin. I think uh, uh, seven or 800 people is about mm-hmm. the size of Pflugerville for, for many, many years. And it, it had started to grow when I got here and had uh, about 4,000 people. Uh, which was quite a bit larger than the town I had come from in North yeah. Texas. But, uh, oh, my goodness, I, I, it, it has grown so much in these 28 years. I think in the school district now, uh, I couldn't tell you how many kids, but the, school, the town itself now within the city limits has grown to 57,000 people. And uh, there's no telling how many people outside those city limits uh, are feeding into the Pflugerville School District. So in the 28 years I've been there, I've just seen – enormous change out east of town on the other side of the tollway there are thousands of roofs under construction Mm -hmm. uh, right now and those of us who are serving as pastors in uh, in churches in Pflugerville uh, are just praying for uh, new churches to start and doing everything we can to help new churches start out in that area that's an amazing thing Mm -hmm. well when you look at it um it uh, it is so different from what it was uh, when you came mm-hmm. because it's smashed between Round Rock and Austin. When we moved to Austin um, 34 years ago, was it, honey? 
When we moved to Austin 49 years 49 ago. 49 years, excuse me. I don't do math. Mm. Uh, we then worked in Round Rock, and we couldn't even buy a house in Round Rock. Uh, we had a ranch, and we kept that, but we needed, you know, get the boys in school. And Pflugerville schools were highly rated, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we couldn't, we just couldn't, there was no, nothing. Well, there. there was nothing either. Uh, the problem we had, we had a son that had dyslexia, mm-hmm. and uh, then... Every year we had to go to school to explain to teachers what dyslexia was. was. Mm -hmm. Now they do a better job in colleges of teaching these kids what's going on with the kids with a disability. Mm -hmm. But the only place that had anything for him was the Austin School District, and that was one grade school, Mm -hmm. and that was over off of uh, North Loop. Mm -hmm. And... uh, Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, we had to take him over there to school, right. and uh, so that was the reason that we didn't really that we didn't buy in Round Rock. We had to be in the Austin School District. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there were just a few weeks ago there was a news thing that came out that says that uh, uh, Pflugerville is the fastest growing small city next to a big city in the nation. Hmm. What was your perception of Pflugerville when you came? Well, I thought it was really uh, bucolic. You know, I, we, the subdivision we lived in was surrounded by cornfields. And, uh, <laughs> it, it, you know, there was one high school. Uh, there was one stoplight down in the middle of town. Uh, so it, it, was, it was a small town, and uh, it was something I looked forward to being a part of. I remember the population sign said 4444. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, so it was like, we were going to be ministering in a community where everybody knew each other, yes. but even by that time that we got there, it was it was expanding. Just you know, you couldn't keep up. Mm-hmm. New subdivisions were coming in, and and uh, it was changing radically. Uh, and by the time my grade schoolers got into high school, you know, we had three high schools in that amount of time, from from the time that our our mm-hmm. oldest hit kindergarten till the time that he graduated they put in a second and a third high school so yeah. really uh seen amazing growth but that that early Pflugerville experience was great uh to come in and, and have so many community members school board members everyone else uh participating uh in local politics local sports uh and so so it was a neat experience and i'm, I'm blessed to have participated in the tail end of that you know, it is exciting when you think about it. From from the cornfields come wheat fields. And uh, the fact that the Lord has blessed your ministry, Dr. Steve, so greatly that out of um, a small community of Czech and um, other nationalities, German primarily, uh, he, the Lord has raised up a temple unto himself in First Baptist Church in Blueville. I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, our church has a heavy burden because of you giving us that for our community. And when you walk, when you drive through Blueville today, every other street practically has a new foundation going in. Let's talk a little bit about uh, how, what kind of burden... Uh, you have for the city and how that God developed that when you at a time when you were sick and you needed help. When I was sick? Yes. You needed help? When you, you had your heart surgery. 
Um, to back up just a, a little bit, as the town grew, as Daniel has kind of uh, uh, described that, as the town grew, uh, our thinking was that our our church, First Baptist Church Frugalville, uh, was going to carry the weight of the growth, and and we did uh, considerably. We we tripled or so since those days, but really uh, what we've been blessed with has been helping other churches get started and mm-hmm. other churches grow, and and certainly not all of those Baptist. But any evangelical church uh, that came into our town, um, those those pastors would often come by uh, First Baptist and and ask for our blessings, and we would certainly give that to them. With with our town growing the way it did, we needed all the pastors we could get, and all the churches we could get. So, uh, what we've seen in the growth of the community has been a growth in the number of churches, which has been a real blessing. And, and mm-hmm. And all those uh, pastors are dear friends of mine. We have a very tight uh, group in in Pflugerville, and that's that's a blessing. That's a blessing in and of itself. But uh, as you referred to uh, my illness three years ago in 2015, it became uh, evident that I needed to have my aortic valve replaced uh, in my heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was worried about how the church was going to handle that and how they were going to do with that. Uh, but we uh, prayed a lot. I, I know you did. I, I know you did. Uh, had a very supportive congregation. Uh, also have a wonderful staff. I think you have the best staff in the Austin area. I agree. Mm-hmm. And uh, and those staff uh, pastors stepped up the plate. And I don't think I was even missed. Uh, oh, those, those uh, all right. Those staff Correct. pastors all those staff pastors all preached and carried the load. Uh, during the four weeks I was gone, and uh, goodness, it, it was a good experience just to see them go to work uh, supporting supporting that void that I had left. Mm-hmm. Well, as you drove around, what did the Lord lay on your heart when you saw the empty building? You know, as I came back and I was convalescing from the sure. uh, from the heart surgery, had cabin fever, and so uh, my <laughs> wife. <laughs> would, What's cabin fever? <laughs> oh, I just couldn't bear to be inside any longer. I had to get outside and and, and experience the yeah. world. So my wife would drive me around after heart surgery. You can't drive. No, yeah, no. Like you can't drive. They they won't allow you to drive. I could have, but they won't allow it. So my wife was driving me around, and I was seeing because of the great growth in Pflugerville, I was seeing subdivisions that I had never been in. And uh, so I would say, hey, turn left here. Let's drive around this subdivision. And and the Lord really burdened me that no one in Pflugerville, no church in, past, uh, no church in Pflugerville was doing an adequate job of reaching these brand new subdivisions. Mm-hmm. They, they were like cities in and of themselves. And so the Lord really burdened me with that, uh, almost spoke my name, saying, son, you got to do a better job of reaching these yeah. communities. And so... I came back from uh, that heart surgery with a real burden on my heart uh, for us to get out and touch those communities and touch the people in those communities for Christ. And how are we doing that? Well, um, you know, one of the things that keeps uh, these kinds of emphasis and these kinds of outreaches uh, from doing well is people are so terrified, uh, terrified of having to memorize uh, you know, outlines and that sort of thing for reaching the lost and the time constraints that people have. So uh, what I decided to do was uh, was to follow the pattern of Jesus with his 12 disciples. He sent them out in twos. Later on, he did it again yes. with 70, sent them out in twos. And uh, he just wanted them to go into the community, make contact uh, there in those communities, 
uh, and reach out to them, uh, heal the sick, uh, witness to the lost, and just kind of minister to them and love on them. And then he would collect them again at the end and find out how that had gone. uh, Reaching the lost was part of what he was doing, but another part of what he was doing was he just had compassion on the hurting souls. So what uh, what we've come up with is we've asked people just to give us one hour a month. So on week number one, uh, we go out to a subdivision. We pick out a subdivision. We call it a village because we're trying to stay mm-hmm. uh, where we were there in Scripture. But we'll go out into that village, and we give them assignments, and we prayer walk in front of homes on that first week. We try to we get to every home in the subdivision, prayer walk in front of it. On the second Sunday of that month, we go out and hang uh, a handout on their doors telling them about the ministries of our church. We're not trying to build up our church. We're just trying to let them know if you're hurting, mm-hmm. if you have problems, if you have hurts and heartaches, if you have health problems or job problems or family problems, uh, there's someone here who loves you and, and helps you. So we hang those on the doors. And then the third week in that month, uh, we go out and knock on their doors and tell them we're the ones who hung those door hangers and pray with them. We pray with them. Well, you know, that's the answer and the secret to everything is prayer. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about music and worship. Uh, worship comes first, uh, and that's wrapped around the Word, mm-hmm. and then you walk it and you talk it. And that's exactly what we perceive is happening in Bluegville. Mm-hmm. Not has happened but it's happening. Let's take a break, uh, Gavin. We come back and we'll talk with um, talk about that. What is it that makes it so exciting to serve the Lord Jesus in a time when there are great needs? Right after this. Thanks, Gavin, and thanks to all those, honey, honey, Mr. Davison. <laughs> thanks for what? For, for your being here oh, and all of those sponsors that help your I can't wait to get down here. Uh, really. Yeah, and go to the post office and get a check. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, when when you were talking about putting that uh, sign up saying uh, I found it, uh, I was thinking uh, we need to do something like that to, to let people know uh, uh, what we're doing at uh, First Baptist Church. Yeah. Uh, we've we've found it too. Yeah, we'll give uh, it away, don't we? And, Free of charge. And I'm I was probably one of the worst ones to say it ain't gonna work. <laughs> but it's, it's not working. working in your heart and brain. <laughs> but it's working. It well, uh, you know, you you worked on me pretty good uh, yeah, well, on the way I, back. I prayer home does a lot every, of things. every Sunday. Yeah. And uh, uh, so. Anyway, but we're going to talk to Daniel about that, okay. and uh, uh, Daniel does a great job. Uh, we when we meet uh, in in our group for music on Sunday morning, and and uh, Daniel gets us started, and then uh, we move across the hall. But I'm going to let Daniel tell about that. Yeah, give us a picture, Daniel. Well, uh, I think that over the years worship has changed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever I entered the the ministry years uh, as a as a young man, you know, it was we called it the King James service. It was like oh, really? yeah, three, three hymns, a special, and you know, and you sang the doxology. Everybody sang out of a hymnal. Yeah. I all, miss all, the doxology. All, God that, who all that, all that kind of stuff. And and it's progressed as the modern worship 
movement came in. Uh, I, I remember as a kid, there were arguments in the church over whether we would sing Gaither songs because mm-hmm. they were radicals. At that time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but as the modern worship movement came and and uh, diversity and in instruments came in, uh, you know, all of a sudden worship became a battlefield for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting when you look in Colossians 3.16, it talks about how um, we make melody and music in our heart. And I think that's how you should describe worship is it is what comes out of our heart. Um, and, and so there's many cultures, many styles, many things that um, people look at and say, this is, this is my heart's worship. This is how my heart worships. And we at, at First Baptist have developed a way to allow for multiple formats of, of that heart song to be implemented. And yet at the same time, the things that we have in common, the things that, that we uh, want to experience together as a church, we can do that as well. So ours is a unique situation, uh, but it seems to be ministering to people. Uh, th- those that prefer a, a more traditional or blended style of, of worship that has a choir and orchestra mm-hmm. and congregational singing that includes great hymns of the faith as well as contemporary songs. We have a service that's designed for them. Uh, at the same time, we we understand that young families and young people, their heart music is a little different. And so we have a contemporary yeah. service that uh, serves a music that, that works for them as well, and it's well done, led by Tom Cotter, our, uh, one of our other uh, pastors, and but when it comes time to share the word, when it comes time to share in baptism or the Lord's Supper, we come together in one building out of those two worship styles. And, and we hear God's word and we respond to God's word and we celebrate being together. And that happens every Sunday. And so it's, it's a unique uh, setting. Uh, the pastor shared that with us as a staff uh, weeks ago and, and months ago. And the first time I heard it, I thought, Oh my goodness! This this is never going to work. We're all oh. going to be looking for a new job, you know. Uh, and uh, and but God spoke to him. And God has blessed it, and uh, we our our two congregations seem to be excited about being together again, but still being able to keep their heart music. Yeah. How about that, Brother Steve? How's it working? I think it's working beautifully. I, you know, one of the there there are a couple of things that allow us to do this. We have two uh, facilities mm-hmm. that are that are just very close together, just across the hall from each other, uh, that allow us to to do music and praise in two different places, and then all come together for one uh, uh, preaching and decision time. So we're forced to have that kind of situation. Uh, but it's just worked it's worked wonderfully. It's worked you wonderfully. know, it. Uh, I'm excited about it. I was excited from the moment that I heard that you know this was a possibility, and we began to pray. And and one of the things that I do on Sunday is uh, because Van can't sit very long, he sits out and greets people and talks to them. And I go into the big sanctuary and pray, and it has just been such a peaceful time for me uh, as I have seen how God has worked in accordance to the pleas that we've laid before him. Mm -hmm. Because when you're in a metropolitan area like Louisville is now between two major centers, it is still the new land. It's it's like the the disciples going into, you know, a whole new atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And I think it's um, 
I think it, it's happened because of your leadership, number one, Dr. Steve, and, and that God speaks to you in a very direct way. But secondly, that you've got somebody like Tom Cotter and 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 the uh, the the I, what do you call it the Today Band or something? Contemporary. I don't know. What do you call it? Yeah, Contemporary Band. Yeah. Temporary. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you know, when you look at it, that's what we are called to do: is we go into His presence with thanksgiving mm-hmm. in our heart, and it's a wonderful. I love it. And mm-hmm. I, I, that first Sunday, and I thought, you know, uh, I, I have a little trouble with time here, right, but, buddy? After that, it's been a, it's just been glorious. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the big changes uh, that I had a hard time getting used to to start with, but it's working out, and uh, that's the howdy doody time. <laughs> uh, you, you know, uh, uh, every morning we had. Uh, we had the howdy duty time whenever you uh, everybody got up and talked talk to uh, people across the hall across the aisle and and shook hands and everything and and I loved it yeah and uh, so I didn't know how that was going to work out over there but uh, it's kind of uh, people get in there early and uh, we kind of have our own howdy duty time there. yeah we do so it's it works just, out we've yeah. met more people our age uh, and you know that's pretty old. Uh, Watch it there. Touch your mouth. <laughs> uh, but I really think it's brilliant. I tell you, Dr. Steve, I think it's brilliant. Well, are you getting people who who are sensitive toward this? There have been no complaints about it. Okay. Yeah, well, that's I didn't think one of the things we were very sensitive to. Uh, we were kind of prepared to uh, comfort people who did not like it. But there just really have not been any of those. Every every week we have our staff meetings, mm-hmm. and I kind of canvass the staff to find out if there have been any complaints. And thus far there have been there have been none. The yeah. advantage, of course, is, is, is as Daniel has said, we, we have the two music and praise times. Uh, but for the listeners, I want to make it clear, for the first time in the whole time I've been in Pflugerville, we've never been together for the preaching and decision time. But now we all come together, one big joint congregation, which kind of begins with what Van's calling a howdy-doody time. Yeah. We, we prefer to call it <laughs> fellowship time. But then we all sit down all together, all together, as one big uh, unified congregation for all the things we can do together, preaching and decisions and baby dedications and baptisms and on and on. And, that and if, for you? if you it, haven't tried it, you got to try it because you'll like it. And it, it's, uh, it's different from anything that you'll find in anywhere, any church in Austin. Mm-hmm. And we have a good time out there. Yeah. And so if you want to have a good time and worship Jesus Christ, <laughs> you need to come to First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. All right, Daniel, yeah, you're yeah, on Evelyn, it's, it seems to be really working well, and uh, everyone has bought into it. And one of the great phenomenons that I've noticed as I've looked out into the congregation that I'm leading the worship in is that there are different people coming in. Sometimes they'll go to our service. Other times they'll go to the other music service. So it gives people the freedom to worship um in different ways and with different groups of people. And so our church is more intermingled now than it ever was whenever we were in two separate I, services. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I've noticed um, that there are young couples, especially mm-hmm. who bring their children mm-hmm. 
into right. the traditional service. Mm-hmm. I've not paid that much attention to. Well, and I know Tom has expressed that there are senior adults that are staying on in the contemporary hour. Really? So, yeah. So, well, so that's what I'm few. saying. There's there's a there's a real more a much more of a mixture. We're not so segregated. They can go back and forth. They can do one service this week and different service the next week. Yeah. And if you'll come just a little bit early before the service starts, I'll buy you a cup of coffee, <laughs> and we'll sit there and talk about it. <laughs> oh, gosh. This is just so sweet to have you guys here today. And, you know, I know that um, uh, things are changing every day in a miracle. We're in trouble in this nation, Brother Steve. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we have got to report for duty. That's one of the reasons Ben and I are going to Arkansas. Uh, Dr. Ronnie Floyd uh, is pastor of um, the church in that area, and I think they have four or five locations. But uh, last year, when year before last, when Shirley Dobson retired, she her health began to fail, and uh, Ann Graham Lotz came on for a little while, for, for a year, until we... Um, until we did get a new director. And Dr. Ronnie Floyd is well-known across this nation, and uh, he has moved us to Rogers, Arkansas. We always go to Colorado Springs. We've done that for how many years, honey? Uh, a long time. I don't even know what year we started. Yeah. I don't either. But it, it is important that across this nation that we recognize the responsibility that we have to pray for our leaders and to be involved in the things that they're doing. And it's not a political thing. Because the Lord's plan for us, as I perceive it to be, is first of all, we worship. We worship Him. We make Him the focus of everything we do. And in that, we praise Him. Uh, Psalm 100 says, uh, stand, on, stand up, applaud God, for He is God. And we enter his presence by the Old Testament says gate by the gates. But in the New Testament, it's really a little bit different call to worship. And so as we know that he has placed us for this time in in life, we must remember that he wants to use us. Come back. We're going to talk about the difference between worship and work right after this. Stay with us for our closing. Thank you, Gavin. And honey, Mr. Davison. I call you honey. That's my daddy. I know. (laughs) I loved him. Uh, What are we doing today? What are we talking about today? We're talking about First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. (laughs) And what's happening, what God's doing, right? That's right. That's good. Well, we've got two of the professionals here. That's right. That did what? Listened and followed Jesus' plan, right? Yep. Right. Okay. That's Dr. Steve Washburn, (laughs) Uh, who is our leader, our pastor. And, uh, you know, there is a sin that we call the sin of doing nothing. The sin of doing nothing. And when the disciples began to find difficulty in knowing which way to go, uh, the great commandment, uh, was presented to them. God presented commands. Says, get up, get out of town, go. To. Now that's the short version mm-hmm. of the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that a little bit, Doctor Steve. Why is it so important for us to be outside the church as well as inside? 
Well, we're we're the Lord's uh, hands and feet and voice. Uh, if we're quiet, He can't speak. He can't speak in a world that needs Him now. I suppose uh, as much or more than ever before. Um, and you know, this has always been a message. It's been a message that that preachers and churches have taught uh, from the first generation. Um, you know, church is seen by the rank and file as a place to go and be blessed and be recharged for the week. And that's certainly true, but the question is, recharged for what? Uh, the Christian life is not just life of existence. It's a life of promoting the gospel and winning other people, reproducing um, in the world in which we live. So church, you know, the healthy way to view church is that's the place we go and recharge our batteries so that we can go out and affect the world for Christ Jesus. You know, and one of the things that I think it's important for everybody to understand is that uh, in in sharing our faith and learning how to just, and I know that's an intimidating thing, but if we can just learn how to mention the Lord's name at work, if we can just let people know we're a follower, uh, we don't have to be preachers or evangelists or missionaries, if we'll just let people know uh, that we follow Christ, that we stand for Christ, that we follow his teachings, people will watch us and people will uh, will always be examining our strength we have a strength. I, you know, people, uh, followers of Christ, don't realize it, but uh, we have a strength. We have almost an aura about us. As people look at us, they know we follow the Lord. And just in, uh, in just being willing to speak out and mention his name and follow the Lord while we're out during the week, he will do the rest of the work. He'll draw people uh, to him uh, through us. I had a woman in my office just uh, yesterday who gave her life to Christ Jesus. And the reason she came by uh, is is you know she's been going to uh, another church, fine church, just not one that ministered to her, not one that spoke well to her. Uh, but the reason she came is because the people she knew were people who had strength and joy in their lives, and she wanted the same thing, and they happened to be members of our church. And so she came to our church just to kind of snoop out and find out what their strength was. She's been coming for about three weeks now. And came by your state just saying, I want what you all have. And she gave I her life to Christ that. Jesus. So that's that's the uh, that's the thing we all need to understand. If we come to the worship services and worship on Sunday, whatever our heart song is, and get our batteries recharged, then we go out into the community during the week and just be ourselves, but let them know we belong to Christ. Let them know we belong to the Lord. And he'll take care of the rest. He'll take care you of the You know, rest. that is so exciting because music is has to be part of that. That's, you know, from the Old Testament, that's how they assembled. Absolutely, and that that plays a huge role in our communicating our love to God and our receiving back from Him uh, the power that we need to to walk every day. You know, one of the things that I've noticed is uh, it's real easy for people in the workplace when they hear one of their coworkers uh, relate an issue or a problem. Mm-hmm. For us to just say, I will pray for you for that. That's right. You know, and and my wife does that frequently in her in her workplace, and and people will come and and purposefully now Mm -hmm. come and say, Hey, this is going on. Would you pray for me? Mm -hmm. Uh, I need Jesus right now. Would you pray for me? Mm -hmm. And and uh, so that's a way that we can enter. the way that we have a relationship with Christ right. into the workplace that's non-offensive, that that is meeting someone at their place of need, and so I, I think that that for uh, someone that doesn't work at a church, uh, you know, which is most everybody, 
it's it's uh, that's one way that that we can show that we're a follower of Jesus mm-hmm. and that we want to be there for for those people. That's and you know, the Lord makes it so easy. Uh, I, I try to minister everywhere I go, and uh, something I used to didn't do. And uh, one of the places I go to pick up the papers, the, right, the Good right. News Journal. And uh Lord makes it so easy. The other morning it's pouring down raining, and I was headed out there to pick up a load of papers. And just before I got there, uh, going out to Pecan Street, uh, I said, Lord, please let it stop raining while I'm loading <laughs> these papers. Well, as I backed into that place, it stopped raining. Is that right? And uh, and I told these guys, two guys that helped me load the papers, and I told them what happened. And uh, I said, you know, the Lord is so good. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and uh, and then it wasn't five minutes till here came one of the printers, the guy that prints the paper, uh, an older guy, and he said. Uh, uh, he, he looked real gruff when he walked up, you know, and I thought, oh, and what this guy, what his problem is. And, and he said, I just want to tell you that I really enjoy that paper. <laughs> and uh, he said, I got a, a grandchild at home, and uh, every time she tells me, Every time you print that paper, you bring a couple of copies home. Yeah, oh, that's great. And uh, that's he great. said, I just want you to know how much... I appreciate right. uh, that paper. Yeah, uh, but it, it's so easy. The yeah. Lord gives you so many entrances mm-hmm. to be able to talk to people. Right, about and him. you don't have to preach. All you got to do is just kind of be natural and talk that, about it. That's right. Well, you know, I love doing it. That's my life, <laughs> uh, and that's one of the reasons we're here for Love Talk. Uh, but you know, it's one thing to worship, but it's something else to serve. And you know, ministry is what the Lord uses in every life for the neighborhood or the community in which they live. Mm-hmm. And whether you're talking about a family or you're talking about a neighborhood, talking about a city like Austin, um, there he is involved in every area of our life to the extent that he wants us to recognize that and trust him for it. And so, you know, when when we get to thinking about who we are, he said we are, Jesus said two things. You are the light of the world and you're salt. You've got to be salt. Let's talk about salt for a couple of minutes, Dr. Steve. You wrote a book called Salt. I wrote a book called Salt. And it just addresses uh, the change that's going on in, in our nation today. I heard a woman on uh, the radio the other day say the biggest insult she's ever exposed to is is the idea this is a Christian nation. So. Mm. So she's insulted by the idea that this is a Christian nation. Yes. Well, there was a time, half a century ago, when I was a boy, everybody kind of considered this a Christian nation. So we're, we're undergoing this transition right now uh, that uh, all of us need to kind of be aware of. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that we hear Jesus say, you're the salt of the, of the earth. And remember that salt keeps meat from, from decaying. Mm-hmm. And, and his role for us is not only to be light in the world, but to be salt. be salt. Salt stops decay. Light shows the way. Oh, I love that. <laughs> salt starts the way and light. Yeah. Salt stops decay. Stop. Oh, okay. Light shows the way. Shows the way. 
Let's give a little light. Tell us how a person can come to know the reality of the love of Jesus. You know, coming to know Jesus is a simple matter of just turning around. Just going one way, turn around the other way. Uh, Paul does a good job of summarizing it in the book of Romans. In uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, he reminds us that everybody sinned. It's not, a, uh, it's not one group or the other. Everybody has sinned, falls short of the glory of God. Uh, and that's just a reminder. Romans 6.23 is one of the best verses in the Bible because it says two things. It says the wages of sin is death. In other words, just to say everybody sin, we're all going to die as a result of that physical death and spiritual death. But the last half of that verse says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. That's a great turnaround. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus is eternal life. In, uh, in Romans 5.10, uh, then, uh, uh, Paul says, <laughs> Come unto me. He says, Come to Roman, me. Roman, in 510, he says, God commended his love for us. Mm-hmm. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And what a great, great yes. truth that is, that Jesus loved us so much that while we're in the midst of sin, he came and died for us. And then Romans 10, 9, uh, Paul says, If we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. In other words, if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is my Lord ruler of my life and believe in our hearts God raising you from the dead will be saved yes. so it's just this matter of recognizing you know I'm a sinner and I need some help I'm going to turn around I'm going to follow Jesus and in that moment uh, God forgives us of our sins cleanses us of all of our sins and moves in us with his Holy Spirit and we become a child of his and you know that is a wonderful experience for any man woman or child mm-hmm. because it opens up the way for power right for the power of God's Holy Spirit to protect us and guide us. And it is so important for us. To, that's why we're here at Love Talk. And we want to give you um, our uh, contact information. Give us an, uh, give us the, the telephone number for the church, Brother Steve. The telephone number is 512-251-3052. And, of course, and our, our website is fbcpville.org. P-ville. P-ville. Dot org. Yeah, org. Well, we want to thank you and, and for both for being with us today. This is a program a little out of the usual for us uh, uh, in this regard, but it's so necessary for us to get before an audience mm-hmm. like we have and talk about what God does sure. when people follow him. Right. And it is exciting. So if you need to... Um, Help, give us a call on the Love Line, 512-249-6535, or go to our website, www.lovetalknetwork.com. I always had to stop and think whether it's calm or not. But it has been wonderful to have you guys with us today, and Thank we you love for you. you oh, you are so welcome. And uh, we'll see all of you and uh, provide Love Talk again next week. So have a good one.